This is a Fubar Radio podcast. If you need any more information, head to fubarradio.com. Screen Talk with Dan Clark on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome to Screen Talk. Uh, here we are doing a live version of this. Well, not live if you're listening to this as a podcast, but live if you're listening now. Or not now, but you know. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, we're live. We've got a great show. Uh, I'll be talking to Neil Stuke, uh, the actor who you will know from Game On, Silent Witness, uh, more recently the mega smash uh, Dr. Foster. We'll be chatting in a minute. But first, let us talk with my brother-in-arms, uh, Mr. James Gill. Hello, James. I'd love to be your brother. Would you? I really would. What would? How would that change things? What would... I just love you even more. Oh, that's so beautiful. Um, I'm going to weep a little bit, but uh, while I do that, why don't you tell us uh, some stuff that you kind of, that's been on your mind? I've got a few things I want to talk about, but what The mortgage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, how am I going to pay? Uh, so um, I saw Justice League on Wednesday. I went to mm-hmm. a, a preview screening with friend of the show, Brett Goldstein. Yes, big, big. Big, ma- big friend. <laughs> I, looked, I, lo- I liked it more than Brett. So about 20 minutes in... we You actually sp- asked me if I wanted to go. You were very kind. You said you had tickets. I was like, can't think of anything I'd rather uh, Brett, do. if you're listening, you were always my first choice. <laughs> oh, yeah, Brett. <laughs> definitely wasn't, because... <laughs> definitely wasn't, because Dan said no. <laughs> Brett, stop listening. Yeah. Call me. Yeah. <laughs> we can sort this out. <laughs> so about 20 minutes in, we whispered... Because we'd read, we'd, we'd read yeah. the morning reviews, which were the equivalent of, you know... A, punch in the face mm. and about 20 minutes in we whispered to each other this is alright this is this is alright and then s- three magic boxes appear and I actually started laughing um, what do you mean magic boxes so the, the, you know the MacGuffin that Alfred Hitchcock talks about the MacGuffin yeah. that propels the story forward so in, in the Justice League the MacGuffin are these three magic boxes from days of yore and uh, one box was protected by the the mer people that from Aquaman's world some mm-hmm. were protected by man some were protected by the Amazonians and and the three boxes need to be brought together by the villain and you know yada yeah, yeah. yada yada but the thing with the, as soon as you get onto magic boxes I just think that not even 99% I think 100% of audiences will just think I don't care so the, the unfortunately the plot is a bit of a shambles However, in spite of everything that's wrong with the movie, and there's loads wrong with the movie, I still totally enjoyed it. And it was lovely to see the, the gang back together. So Gal Gadot... Back together? This is the first time they've been well, together, Well, no, because uh, Superman, Batman and uh, Wonder Woman, I mean, they, yeah, they were right, together right. in Batman versus Superman. Okay. And let's be honest, they're the three. Yeah, they're yeah. the holy trinity of the, the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm spoiling things when I say that we do see Superman. Um so Ezra Miller, I think he's joyous. He gets the gags as the Flash. Um, Gal Gadot, you know what a what a talent. You know she has um, tremendous empathy and integrity, and you really root for her. You want her to win. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry Cavill is absolutely fine as Superman. The person I felt sorry for, what I'm building up to, is is Paul Ray Fisher as Cyborg. It's not even a two dimensional character. I mean, I, if you were to describe each one, you know. With an adjective, when you get to poor old Ray Fisher, I just don't know what you'd say. And I cannot imagine them giving this guy a solo outing because, I mean, the, the poor guy, he his character is clever and that's about it. <laughs> Jason Momoa as Aquaman is permanently five seconds away from shouting cowabunga. <laughs> I mean, it is astonishing. Damn, my man! Like that. I mean, he, he is Michelangelo from The Turtles. Yeah. 
And there's a bit where they crowbar in Amber Heard to blatantly plug the Aquaman movie that's coming out next year. I just don't get it. I don't get the vibe, the feel of it. When I see the trailers, it looks like all the backdrops and sets are animated. It's all got this, like, someone's from another world, someone's a cyclops, someone's... It just doesn't... I I even had that problem, and I know, like, I'm in the minority because these things are mega smash hits, but I even had that problem with the Avengers. When you start mixing people from, you know, like, Thor world with... Uh, Hulk and then Iron Man when Iron Man was actually quite grounded in a weird sort of way yeah. in, in reality and you know um, it just uh, to me it's like I don't get the the, the mishmash of tones and, so and I, I would say that Marvel have actually nailed that by, well, they obviously by, have they in the sense of, that they, they're popular and well received they and will well crack re- gags about the very fact yeah. that this you know there's a line that Hawkeye has in the second Avengers movie where he says something like um, we're fighting aliens from out of space I've got a bow and arrow none of this makes sense, right? Which I, th- I mean, what a line that is. I mean, it's it's just Marvel's way of turning to the audience, yeah. shrugging the shoulders, and going, "Just enjoy it, guys." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And DC don't. By the way, I don't know if I said cy- I meant cyborg rather than cyclops. Uh, yeah. Cyborg. Um, so, what what we do need to talk about is the fact that Zack Snyder tragically had to leave the film for family reasons, mm-hmm. and so Joss Whedon was brought in. And so, yeah, I mean, that's tricky to talk about because there is unquestionably. Um, a stylistic clash and I I think I would be able to bet money on which scenes were Zack Snyder's and which ones were Joss Whedon's so that's, that is unfortunate that's yeah, just, yeah. Um, so what I would say if I was going to be super positive which I am um, one would like to think that the next Justice League movie where you've got a, a single person's vision they're going to hopefully they're going to nail it the fact that they start the movie with the the, the most important character Superman Dead. I mean, yeah. that's not ideal, is it, for your first <laughs> for your first outing? You know, you won't kick off an eighteen movie with Miss, with with B. A. Barakas dead. Yeah. Um, so you know, maybe passed out because they have to get him. Yeah, on the plane, but not yeah. dead. <laughs> yes, not a dead. Get in there. That was that was brilliant. Start <laughs> off with a, a cheeky milkshake. Yes, absolutely. So that so that's not that is not ideal. So the next one, hopefully, what I would say is if you like those movies, pay your fifteen quid, have some fun. And also, what, what again? The CGI villain. When has a CGI villain ever worked? I don't. I still don't like the fact that they CGI the Hulk. I, I, I like. Sure. Why can't he just be a, a Luferino, like yeah. a bigger sort of? I just it, to me, it's like it's the character isn't going from man to monster. He's going from man to CGI, man to animated film. Yeah. But when you get a CGI villain, and, and the whole finale is CGI, and I'm not spoiling anything there because the finale of all these the, the movies same. is CGI. Yeah. And it is like a cutscene in a video game. And as soon yeah. as it... A bit like the Total Recall remake with Colin Farrell. As soon as it feels like a video game, there is zero jeopardy. So it's going to make a lot of money still, though, isn't it? Even with the I genuinely hope so. I have reviews. so much good... I, I'm 39 years old. I still read Batman comics to this day, as do some of my friends on the comedy circuit. Yeah. There's so much goodwill t- towards these characters. There's so much love for Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman. And Ezra Miller is great as The Flash... The Warner Brothers and DC, I say this from the bottom of my heart, I really hope you can yeah, sort, yeah. sort this out. I, re- I really mean that. Well, you know, I'm I'm not as into the whole superhero thing as you are, I would say, by quite a massive stretch. 
But I still got excited by the idea of Matt Reeves doing the Batman. Absolutely. Because he's an amazing filmmaker. And he's got his he own thing with, going on, uh, what he did with the, the Apes eight, movies. Oh, I mean, Sensational. So, yeah. So I'm excited by that, but I still feel like, could they not just hold off on superhero movies for like, I don't know, three years, four Pause years? For three years. Well, just make everyone become excited again and rethink, like, because at the moment it's just this. I know what you mean, but then Marvel bring out a film like Thor Ragnarok, and you're like, oh, yeah. these movies can be awesome. Um,. When a director, I think, maybe is they allowed, should, there should be allowed one a year, just for the next few years. At the moment, it's more, it's more or less one every couple one of or months. two months, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, totally. Um, there's rumours. What, what, what I would say is, I, I'm sure that Warner's and DC would. Si- I'm sure. I'm sure they've had a meeting where someone has said, "Should we not just start this again?" Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, because they're yet to so, truly well, ba- nail it. Ben Affleck was due to write, direct, and star in the standalone Batman film. <laughs> yes. He's now not direct, and, and I love him as a director. I yeah. know you do too. Yeah. A big fan of his uh, his films. Uh, so that was intriguing. I was like, "Oh, that could be good." But I'm not, and I and I like him as an actor, but I'm not a huge fan of him as Batman. He does. He, in in general, I'm going to go out and say this. I sort of miss jokey rom-commy feel-good Ben Affleck okay you know like he's doing you know a lot what? of films where what, he mate, just stands and up, be moody and, and it's at least like, it looked like he was having fun in those movies yeah because in this film and I'm with you I'm part of the Ben Affleck Appreciation Society there are times where he doesn't look like he's having that much fun alright I know you could say he's playing Bruce Wayne why, why would he be having fun but there are times where it, it does look I know it does look like he almost doesn't want to be there yeah and, but, never and I said don't that know if that's him trying to just like do try, try be, be moody be like moody and still and that's a character choice or performance choice. but he seems to do he did that in Argo and he does that in um, you know a lot of his films and, but, but the I town just, he was there wasn't he, he was present yeah, in that that's true that's true I just kind of I the, the, the reason why they probably can't start again I imagine is, bec- is primarily Gal Gadot because she's so but they can do separate ones, can't they? Yeah, but they can't. Re- they can't reboot the Justice League because Gal Gadot is so good that they've almost. Get- it's, she, I'll tell you what, Gal Gadot. If you're if you're a fan of '90s football, the, the Justice League and the current DC universe is 1990s Southampton, and Gal Gadot is Matt Letizia. She's absolutely uh-huh. running the show. You could, uh, <laughs> you could, uh, I d- you could have just been going. Rah, 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 rah. I had no idea what you. I meant. mean, Suicide Squad. Oh, what about the fact that the um, the Rotten Tomatoes uh, website, which there's a lot of contention about this, the, the how much control they supposedly sure. have and, and influence that they embargoed or they agreed to not release the rating, the aggregate, That's whatever right. they call it. On uh, Justice League. Now, I don't know if that's a favour from Rotten Tomatoes to go, look, we're not going to ruin your movie. or, But the fact that we live in a world now where a website ca- that aggregates scores can or can't be like... They do say that it's not as influential as people think, but I, I, if they're embargoing the score, surely it is in- influential. Personally... I do think they are influential. Yeah. Um, We live in, I know we've talked about this many times, but we live in an age where people will go see a movie rather than who's in it. They will go see the movie if it's good. And Rotten Tomatoes is an excellent way to find it. Well, that's not true because uh, Batman versus Superman got slated by the critics and they went to see it. Still underperformed, though. And uh, didn't didn't make more than a billion dollars. And when you've got a movie with Superman and Batman in it, you've got to break a billion. It didn't kill it. No. And the same with what was the the villains one? Oh, no, no. Suicide Squad. But we've always said said that the intellectual property is key as well. So if, if it's very good and if the intellectual property is strong. 
However, the thing with Rotten Tomatoes is people do go on there, and if if the average rating is let's say you know ninety three percent. Yeah. People are probably going to yeah, go yeah, see yeah. the movie. If the average rating is 16%, you know, you think of like the Emoji movie, for example. Yeah, yeah. That was toxic enough for people to go, you know what, I'm going to give that a swerve. But what about if a film gets 50%? Now, if I see on Metacritic or yep. Metascore, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. it is, 50%, and the colour, like, it's gone from green <laughs> to amber or whatever, <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit like, nah. And that's annoying, because actually, if you click on it and look at the reviews, there might be some, like, 10 yeah. out of 10s, yeah. and then there's some 3 out of 10s. And what you, what, you would re- what you should gauge is that some people love it, some people don't. But this weird sort of... Aggregation is that a word? Yeah, let's say it is. Aggregate. Yes. Of of it, it makes it this other thing that it isn't necessarily sure. If it's completely four percent or ninety seven percent, then you're thinking, ah, oh, okay. It, it is odd that they've done that. Well, it's it's not odd. It's convenient, but it's just a shame. I think yes. that, that that this is and the fact that they are. By the way, how do people do an embargo? That's something I've never understood. I remember like when there was some scandal with some football player and 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 some uh, a page three mod or some. There was some sort of affair Letter thing from the lawyers. But how how are you allowed to st- tell people not to? Like I've never understood how. Like what's the. Well, go on. No, how do you go? No, you're not allowed to print about that. Well, if, if, like, what's the difference between telling well, someone movie, you're not allowed? Say to print? with a movie, they would protect the screening, so they wouldn't let you actually see the movie until it actually comes out. So they would actually put an embargo on the film being seen. Okay. And then also, but, but then if the screening was early and everyone you know hated it, but what it, if they have seen it and then you're, well, someone that, knows something? Well, then, it's, then you get you would get a very polite email from the studio say the embargo for this them, movie. What stops them? Because then that studio might never. Because the work amount with of times the scandal and people release stuff on without permission, I don't understand why there's suddenly this weird area where people are, are, adhere to permission or not. Or because you don't you don't want to fall out with people. Right. So, so I guess let's say I'm going to make up a film. Studio just to avoid being sued. Yeah. Fubar Film Studios have made a film that they thought was brilliant. Yeah. You and I see it, it's absolutely bobbins. Yeah. They say, please don't write about it. So we don't. We we agree to that. And because then, we want to work with them in the future. Right. And well, that brings me, you know, just very quickly, yes. very quickly to, because we haven't got much time, um, this thing where Disney banned the LA Times. Did you read about this? Yes. So they banned them because the LA Times had written a two-page article on the way they're treating the locals in this town, Anaheim, uh, where they've got a Disney Studios. Yes. And they exposed some bad, you know, they've had some sort of negative effect on local businesses or something like that. And Disney didn't like the article. What I would say is that, that that's very... So I used to be a sports writer for about 10 years. Yeah. That's quite common in, in sports. So if a football club doesn't like an article that's been written by a certain newspaper, it's not uncommon for a, for a newspaper to be banned. I, I think it happens more than okay. people realise. I'd, I'd never really heard this. Disney banned the LA Times, saying yeah. you can never come to any press screenings or you've got no privileges yeah. with Disney films, which you and I both know is half, maybe three quarters <laughs> yes. of Hollywood. If you want to have a look at the, the top 50 grossing movies of recent Disney years, own Marvel and yeah, Pixar absolutely. and Star Wars sure. and so all that stuff. Yeah. But then... All the other newspapers, New York Times, the LA Times, all these other people said... Show of solidarity. Solidarity, yeah. well, we're not going to review your films. And they, Disney went, all right, you can come and in the end. But I thought that's like, that's an, we're, it's an interesting dynamic, and you have explained it quite well there. I mean, it, it's, it's odd and it's not ideal, but it, that is a thing that, that happens, and it's a thing that's happened for many, many years. Yeah. Um, if someone wants to try flex some muscle... They will do in that situation where all the news, newspapers got together. 
it turns out there was a, a happy ending, I guess. Very diplomatic of me there. Mm, yeah, very. Uh, look, before we... Uh, um, I was going to say, Justice League, if you want me to... Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, yeah. You've got one minute to tell this story, though. I, I interviewed Jesse Eisenberg about 18 months ago, and my daughter was less than one year, year old, and my wife was away. And I did it on the phone in the kitchen, and I thought, this will be fine. I will chat with Jesse Eisenberg, a.k.a. Lex Luthor, and my daughter will be absolutely fine with it. And then we're about 20 minutes into the conversation. Lovely guy. Then my daughter started crying. But not just crying, but like full yeah. on. Screaming. And then yeah. Jesse Eisenberg was going, is your daughter okay? And I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be fine. It'll be absolutely fine, Jesse. It'll be fine. And then after about 10 more minutes of screaming, he went, oh, look, um, if you like, I'm free tomorrow. We can do this tomorrow. And I'm going, are you absolutely sure? It's absolutely fine. And the next day he phoned me absolutely to the second of the time that we agreed and did Aww. the interview. So what I'm saying is, uh, as a, a nice positive Justice League story, he's a nice dude because what I did was very unprofessional and he could have easily reported yeah. me to the studio. Um, so and ju- in a world where there's a lot of uh, trash and um, expose at the moment, it's nice to About hear horrible that. white yeah. guys, it, the, you know, Jesse Eisenberg, if you're listening, I love you so much. Oh, well, James, thank you very much. Come back very soon. Um, Always be comedies every Thursday. Every Thursday in Kennington. Uh, this is uh, coming up. This is Neil Stuke. I'll be talking to him. Um, his first choice of song or piece of music is from the movie Once Upon a Time in America, the amazing Ennio Morricone. Welcome. Hello. Why did you pick that piece of music? It's a very beautiful piece of music, but is there a special reason? Yeah, I suppose it's sort of, um, yeah, apart from it being clearly a work of genius, but I grew up with all the westerns, you Mm -hmm. know, Clint Eastwood westerns. Yeah, yeah. And he did all the music for those. And I could have picked one of those. But obviously, as I sort of grew up, Robert De Niro all those kind of actors became so important to me and there was a group of us I was going I was working in a shop called Robot at the time in London which, which is what kind which of shop? which was a sh- kind of very famous for shoes way oh, way way back okay. I'm so much older than you so uh, w- a gang of us went to see this film but with unbelievable excitement um, you were in a gang? Kind well, you know. Okay, so a group of friends <laughs> went just to see just it. wanted to clarify that's yeah. all because this uh, is about gangs, this music yeah, and, and we this went film, to see it and and the excitement of going to see it yeah. and the music just was breathtaking. The whole experience was breathtaking. We came out completely. What, what age were you when you saw this? So, Quite a grown-up film, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So I think I must have been about eighteen. Yeah. Something like that, seventeen, eighteen, maybe. That's when you. That's the sort of the age that you probably can appreciate this kind of thing, I, isn't it? I was just blown away. I was very lucky, though. I grew up in a small town called Deal in Kent, mm-hmm. and there was a group of us, not a gang. Yeah. Let's just make that clear. <laughs> uh, are there who, gangs in Deal? Really appreciated. Yes, there are. <laughs> we really appreciated movies. Yeah. And we we just were you know were real avid movie fans, and we used to get videos we used to watch them all the time you know i'm talking kind of french italian films yeah, yeah. We, we were pretty cool we in, were pretty in cool. your we mid-teens were we were no this is even earlier really yeah when i, I left deal when i was 16 we'd wear eau sauvage and smoke jetan cigarettes 
Did you have polo necks and yeah, we or did, what do they turtlenecks or whatever? We did listen to jazz. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I like suppose it. we were a bit different. What is your favourite of all the art house genres? Is it like uh, French New Wave or? I think I'm going to go French. Yeah. Only because you know um, some of my favourite Jean-Paul Belmont. I mean, you know, just being an actor, watching him act, you know, huge influence. Uh, obviously, later the, all the sort of Jean. John de Florets and all those kind of films, mm-hmm. you know. But um, you know, I used to I used to watch what's his name all the time, big fat bloke with a massive nose. What's it? Um, uh, Gerard Depardieu. Gerard Depardieu. Yeah, yeah, and you know, pre Hollywood, absolutely yeah, yeah. pre ex- explosive, yeah, yeah. explosive waistline. You know, when, he, <laughs> when he was that kind of lo- young nutcase, and those films coming out of France were were crazy. Yeah. You know? Isn't it funny how a lot of people, directors included, go have like this amazing career in, say, France, or happens a lot in like Japan and um, you know different places around the world. And then when they do go to Hollywood, mm. what they end up making and doing is so different to what they were doing back there. Yeah. That if you only knew them for their American stuff, you'd you'd just be like, well, what's the fuss? You know. Yeah. But you know what? That kind of that matters to a lot of people. People really care about yeah. that. I think the individual's like, oh, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm having great I'm just, I'm having Yeah, I'm having a good time. time. I'm, getting, I'm earning, like, loads. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, go- I'm eating diners. I'm going crazy, you know. I let's, mean, yeah, go on. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about oh, you okay, a bit. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen you since we did... Uh, do you remember that little workshop, theatre workshop we did? Whatever yeah. happened to that? Did was they it Frogs? It was something... It was yeah, Frogs, yeah. I got offered it. Did Recently, you? Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's actually happening. I think it happened at the. There's that wonderful theatre in Finsbury Park. Oh yeah, the, the little. Park. Yeah, yeah. That's nice yeah. that theatre. Yeah. Um, and and God bless them. They offer me lots of stuff there, and uh, I'm never available to do it. But um, that was one of them. So it did go on. Oh, that's good. Well, that's like we did that yeah. about six years ago or something crazy. We did. No, wow. Well, and whatever happened to those actors, eh? Well, Tom unfortunately died. What? Yeah. No way. Sorry to to let oh, you know. Oh God. That. Yeah. Yeah. So he was such a lovely man. Yeah, he was. He yeah. Was. Yeah. We became great friends after that. But yeah. Were, yeah. Very sad. Um, you like to, you like keeping your toe in the theatre world, though, don't you? I do. The last play I did was Frankie and Johnny at the Chichester Theatre with Dev Lacoe. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, and we were supposed to bring that into town, but it never quite materialised. That's a good part to play, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I did mean, you play it American? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we I, full out. I actually saw you in a play years ago, yeah. uh, American Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And who else was that? Uh, Douglas Henshaw, was D- Douglas he? Douglas Henshaw and Nick Wooderson. Yeah. Who's, I can't remember. Really. You know, he's this yeah. sort of brilliant character actor. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows his face. Yeah. But, you know, they don't know his That's name. That's a great, great show. It was a really good show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the round, I seem uh, to remember. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, the, the Young Vic um, Theatre, yeah, which has changed considerably now, but it's still marvellous. I did a play there recently, actually, the, uh, called Bull, Mike Bartlett's Bull. I think just before Frankie and Johnny. So, yeah. so what? How do you decide to do a play? Because you obviously get you do a lot. You you're always busy. In my head, you're always yeah, busy. I you am, do yeah. a lot of TV. Yeah. What makes you go? Okay, I'm going to do this for six months or yeah. three months or whatever. It's not going to pay very well. How do you? You've got kids, right? Yeah. You've got a wife. You've that, got you've got payments to make every yeah. month. How do you make those calls? Well, you're sort of rounding it all up quite nicely, actually, and making my job very easy because 
unfortunately all those factors come into play now yeah um so it's not as easy as it used to be it's not you know i can't just say yes to lovely plays that i get offered i have to sort of think about financial things and this thing and the, you know but something must come them? along where you go, i just gotta do this yeah i mean frank and johnny was one of them actually you know dervler had been sort of um you know constantly pushing me um, to do it and um, she got me in the end it was just fantastic so uh, presumably you've got a relationship from that have you worked together in the past Dervla and I have worked together she's also married to a very good friend of mine Rupert okay. Penry Jones you know and they live nearby near Chichester so she was, was knocking on the door so every day no brainer <laughs> yeah and uh, of um, course, the play opens with us making love together. Which oh, was, okay. Uh, that well, must have been interesting for the for the partners. Something she obviously wanted Rupert to <laughs> see. <laughs> well, okay. Well, let's. Uh, we could talk about that some more if you like. Um, you've just come off the back of a massive hit on Doctor Foster, right? God, yeah. yeah. Now that was huge, wasn't it? Bonkers. Bonkers Do you? Yeah. Did any of you expect that? Did you mm. get a feeling oh, it could be something that gripped the? I think Donation. I can honestly speak for everybody involved when when I say no. Yeah. Um, I think we thought, like with all Mike Bartlett's work, we all thought it was incredible. Yeah. Um, but I think there was an element of risk involved. Because? Just because of the material. Yeah. And so we never really... I don't think anyone quite knew how it was going to go down. It then broke all... <laughs> kind of world records yeah. for one-off drama beating Downton Abbey at Downton Abbey's like Christmas special or something yeah, yeah. by about 5 million yeah um, I think it got up to about 12 million 13 million or something which for, for five episodes yeah so which in this day and age where everything's so fragmented and you've got yeah. so many different things you can watch and you can watch on like yeah. you know replay and iPlayer yeah. and all that to get those sort of numbers is crazy isn't it did you feel? Could you feel a difference when the first series was going out and it was catching on like that? Could you? Do you notice a difference between something that's a hit like that and another yeah, show? Yeah, oh, definitely. Really? Oh God, yeah. What yeah, you can you can really sort of feel it. I mean, it just sort of tapped into the zeitgeist, really. I mean, everybody was talking about it. Yeah. You know, all the, and then suddenly there was article after article about it, and then everybody's talking about it on every news channel. You know, Chris Evans in the morning. You yeah. know, Blah blah blah. So. Yeah, it was, it was a palpable hit. But, you know, it's all over and done with in five weeks. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, we then thought that was just a one-off and then get asked to do it again, which is great. And then, of course, you've got the pressure and the expectations on the second series. People still and loved it. it and know? it's one of those ones where everyone's like, I, I just would walk past magazine racks and things and see, like, who did this and yeah. what's going to happen. To, and, like, yeah, I think yeah. I even saw a headline, tonight is the most shocking piece of television ever, you know, yeah, like, yeah, which yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, quite, uh, that's quite a big thing to have to live up to. But yeah, and were I you all having to keep hold of secrets? And Yes. Yeah. Well, we're often interviewed when things are going out and people are trying to, you know, get information yeah. out of you and stuff. But I think Saran is uh, an incredible actress uh, in many ways, and she's just very, very popular with mm. with all kind of demographics. And I think that helps too. It's a great choice. It's funny, isn't it? Great you choice. can't put your. I don't really know her work because she's from Corrie, right? I think Which that's I right. I think I she was in a soap. Yeah, I think it was Corrie, and and then she's kind of so she's got all that. You know, that massive popularity. Yeah. And then she's gone and done the thing with Leslie Sharp, where they're the detectives, which yeah, is yeah. brilliant, um, which I forget the name of. 
What is that called? Someone we'll find out. Anyway, Someone someone's going to find out. That was yeah. very rude. <laughs> I just know they're brilliant. Uh, I was lucky enough to work with Leslie as well recently. Uh, and I just... I just think she's just brilliant. Yeah. You know, she's just brilliant. Some people have a thing that you just can't put your finger on, but the public love them, don't she's they? She's very clever, though. Yeah. She's a very clever actress. Yeah, yeah. Very good to work with. Good, ca- good, good cast all round. All round. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that you get offered a lot of those? Because your character in the first series was a bit like, is he in on this? Is yeah. he a bad yeah. guy, a good guy? Mm. I feel like you get of that a lot. Yeah, I love that. Morally ambiguous characters. Love that. Do you? Love that. What is it yeah, you love just, so much just, about that? Just play well in Silent Witness. You know? Yeah? Um, Has that been out yet? No. No, it's okay. coming out next year. We were allowed to mention it, but um, my detective has come back in Silent Witness, but they gave me a, a story that's slightly ambiguous. And what, what is it you love about that? Um, well, I suppose it was the same with Billy and Silk. You know, everybody's come up to me and say, oh, God, you're such a bad and you're so bad, you're so bad. And he wasn't. He yeah. wasn't bad. Yeah, he was everything he was doing was was for the good of the company and the chambers, you know. It may not have been necessarily legal. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't make him a bad person. Yeah. Um I love that idea. I, lo- I love do that. Do you get idea protective over the character? Like, do you ever get? No, actually. Yeah, I did. I've, I've defended myself a few times in really? supermarkets. Yeah, you yeah. are so bad. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm so good. We're having an argument. It's great fun. But just stick no, with it. You'll think, see that I I'm a good guy. There are sort of moral ambiguities in life, yeah. which I find fascinating yeah, and yeah. always have. You know, and sort of Dickens and people like that were really fascinated with that idea that. You know, I love that idea of someone who's perhaps in a very good position, say mm-hmm. a detective who's very bad. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting ground. You know, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, also, how do you? T- what What is it you use to? You know, not to like sound too wanky, but do you do you do a bit of prep? You're like, how do I make this guy feel? Right. Okay. Well, I think all my life people haven't been. Quite sure where they stand with me. You mean in real life? It, yeah, yeah. So I think whatever that is, I can bring into a character. You know, so, and that's not that's that's not a great thing. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's not. It's not. You seem uh, okay with this. <laughs> it's not. It's not a great thing. Um, but I. I I don't think I'm that good at being able to do, you know, the nice, pleasant stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? What you see is what you get. Well, you know, it's hard to do that yeah. in life, isn't yeah. it? And I have nothing but admiration for people that are 100% happy all the time. Yeah, and also I like... I can't believe that when they close the door, though, they don't go, they God, don't. I'm so depressed. Yeah. <laughs> they sob into their pillow at night. <laughs> I kind of try and be fairly, you know pretty much give people what I am I'm not good at doing all that and I think that's probably lost me work if I'm honest serious yeah because I think people are a bit nervous about me but then that's also probably what makes you a great actor right and then and then just as just as many people want to employ me for that so you know but but I think some actors are just very good at bringing so really really nice to everybody all the time they're brilliant and they're they're great at that. I've got nothing but admiration. Do you find... Well, I've got a bit of bitterness about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> only because... Do you, like, you've, been, you've been doing this way longer than me, but working in this business. But um, do you find like the hustle of it? 
like there's the acting and there's the performance and that and there's the work but there's also all the other stuff that you have to bring to it the you know like the making sure people like you and mm. being personable and yeah being present and making the choices about what you should do and it's like whatever happened to just like getting a job and doing it you know there's this whole other machine you have to spin do you yeah you're absolutely right and i think that's probably what i mean really so i don't know i think i don't know it's a tricky one do you do all the sort of twitter and instagram and all that i do do you yeah i do but i find i campaign tirelessly to save pubs uh, which is one of my, one of my I like other, that. Yeah. Uh, uh, things. I mean, you know, because pub, 15 pubs a week are closing and, you know, right. I know why they're closing and stuff like that. So I'm I'm heavily involved with the campaign why, team. Why are they closing? Um, well, they're sort of m- mostly on the whole closing down because a pub co owns it and they need to sell it and they're not prepared to sell it to a sort of someone else to open a pub. They want to get rid of it quick and sell it to a supermarket chain, a coffee chain, or make them apartments. Yeah, yeah. And so, has it not got anything to do with the fact that people drink less, or no? Really? No, no no pub, no pub should be closed. You know, that's part of our (laughs) heritage. Yeah, yeah. And there is a massive. I've been in some pubs that should close. Well, you know, they may have been. They may be being run badly now. Yeah. But in two years' time, they could be turned around, and it could be massively popular. And it could be making a huge amount of money and it could be putting money back into that area and it could be doing stuff for charity. And, you know, people after sporting events could go to it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So if you snuff a pub out, uh, you've snuffed it out forever. And is that a real statistic, 15 pubs a week? At the moment, yeah. It's gone from 7 to 15. It's getting That's even crazy, worse. Yeah, See, m- worse. my mum owned a pub for many years right. out in the country, and it was a different thing there. But genuinely, when, when she first bought the pub in the mid-90s, it was rammed all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when she uh, retired and let go of it three years ago or whatever it was, by that point it was... You know, they'd shut early a lot of nights. Right. You know, most of their trade was food. But the thing is, it's just like there's the smoking thing and yeah. there's the people who are more health conscious. But yeah. I th- the, the, the drink driving thing killed pubs in uh, yeah. the countryside. Because people drink drive all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, I can't, like, how do we get to the pub? Right. They don't have Uber and taxis in the countryside. Okay. Well, you know, there's... There aren't... Okay, I still don't think they should close. I agree with all those yeah. things, but... They, should they all be I, listed? Well, I'm slightly... Yeah, they should be. I mean, not one pub should close from this day on. Okay. Right, you know, and there are some that are grade two listed. There are some that are in doomsday books, you know, that have been mm-hmm. knocked down and, and have, house, you know, having houses built on them. You know, it's, it's morally wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's our heritage. And, you know, there is a better... There's a better sort of life coming for pubs. But the actual real estate's not going to be there. There's more microbreweries now and craft yeah, yeah, beers and that's stuff true. than ever. Yeah. I get the health thing. I get the driving thing. There has to be a way of making these things work. But a good pub, I mean, yeah, anyone yeah. knows that a good pub I love, is a I love pub. pubs when, like beautifully done. I don't yeah. particularly like the drink they sell, but the Samuel Smith pubs, they have these amazing, like with They're the really glass good, and they? the yeah. architecture. Yeah. They're always amazing. They're beautiful, actually. Um, but just not the best alcohol you can buy. <laughs> you're, going you're, back to social media, it's it is a tool and it's a useful tool. Yeah, you know, 
Uh, you're clearly into the um, sort of, uh, what, what would you call it? Not the uh, restaurant world or the hotel. What, what do you call that world? The, um, uh, I don't know what you call it. Food? Servicing, well, I don't know. Because I, years I and years ago. anyone for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Not even yourself. No. Uh, I, Actually, I was a bit late this morning. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's always, you've only got yourself to blame. <laughs> I, uh, I. I was in a place in. I used to live in Kennington for a while, and oh, yeah. I was I was in there. Yeah. And you served that we we'd never met before, yeah. and you served me. Right, right. And yeah. I was like, I'm sure he's yeah. doing better than this. <laughs> I thought you were like just waiting. You were, no. but it turned out you yes. co-owned it or owned yeah, it. Yeah, so co-owned Franklin's. Yeah, Franklin's restaurant and Franklin's farm shop, which is in East Dulwich. Right. And they had a little foray over into Kennington yeah. for a while. They were offered a space there. To try and make it work. Yeah, uh, it's a tricky area, Kenny. That is, it's, it's so transient. transient. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But I think someone's doing very well though, which is great. But we had a little tenure there, almost like a pop up. That spot was yeah. like restaurant after restaurant yeah. just died in I that know, spot. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, so you, you, so some, Franklin's, yeah, yeah, Franklin. Well, well, we we've covered that. Okay. That was Fine. just a little bit of uh, little, like entrepreneurship of you, right? Yeah, yeah. If yeah, that's yeah. a word, I don't yeah, know if yeah, that it's, is. It's great. Keeping I mean, your t- fingers in other pies. It does really well in in, in East Dutch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. East, East Dutch, they've been open, I think, going on. Was that a. What now, is that. Oh, I'll get involved in this in case the acting dries up, or was it just for fun? It was or? a passion. I've got a real passion for small local shops yeah. and small localism generally. You yeah, know, yeah. Like farmers and small farmers, and I hate supermarkets. So I had a passion for that. I wanted to open one in an old butcher shop in Kent that fell through, and the guys at Franklin said, come and join us, there's a shop opposite, why don't we call it Franklin's, we'll go in all together and we'll have a Franklin's nice. farm shop, Franklin's yeah, yeah. Boom. so it's been there eight years I think now, it's great. Great. Yeah. Um, so you do, a loads, you do loads of uh, dif- different roles, right, <laughs> yeah. but obviously you were first prob- properly introduced to the world in uh, Game On, right? Game On, yeah. And is that a show you still get people come up to you about? Still on Twitter daily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it amazing when something hits like that and just stays in yeah, totally. the consciousness like that? Yeah. Totally. Um, that must have been quite a, well, first of all, it would have been changed everything for you, right? Yeah. But also, how daunted were you because someone else had played that part in the first series that you were taking over a character? Yeah, I didn't really think about it. Didn't I you? Knew, I knew Ben really well. Okay. The, ben and I had just done a series together. They saw Ben and I for the series, and Ben got it. Yeah. Um, and he got that when we were working together, and when he decided he didn't want to do it anymore, they phoned me out, and I went, yeah, all right, all right, it's all right. Oh boy, you you pulled off quite an amazing task of actual or, or, or feat of actually doing that and then doing it well and it going on to be successful. I get cab drivers that go, ah, oh, that I'll tell you what, that bloke was crap. That bloke was crap. <laughs> when 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 uh, when when he took over or something, they get it always. They get it the wrong way round. Really? Know? They're basically saying Ben was much better. It was oh, hilarious. No. They get it all. They get it. They get it all wrong. And it's when they brilliant. start bringing it up, are you like, do you go tense? Going, I know the. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> what is it about cab drivers? They can contain so much information. I don't know what it is. And, and when yet, do they watch yet, all this telly? They, they go, you're in that f- my favourite programme ever. Um, unbelievable. My absolute favourite programme. What was it called again? Yeah. You're like, it's, it's two this words. This is bizarre. You know a road. It's two words. It's game on. Yeah, yeah. and it's in, for that, with that girl. Oh, my God. She's beautiful. I love her. I absolutely love her. She's the best girl in the world. What's her name again? <laughs> 
Why don't you write it down? Yeah. But they, they know every road in London. Yeah, they know everything. That's why they can't remember anything. Yeah. All their... Em- yeah. Everything in their brain. Entire heads, That's it. Streets. If you said to them, can you take me to Park Hill Road? They went, oh, I had to remove that road out of my brain yeah. so that I could remember game on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't be able yeah. to take anyone there. Yeah. That's right. The Absolutely. guy get in the cab and they go, no, I don't know. Sorry, mate. I had to remember a couple of titles of yeah. TV shows, so I don't know those roads. <laughs> So you weren't daunted by it at all? You just went in and... There wasn't really any time to be daunted by it. It was happening. That's great, know? though. It was happening. And I think some people I knew, I knew everybody. And you know what? Sam and Matt were hilarious. Yeah. And they let me put a little line in as an outtake afterwards, which was we were watching a program where someone had taken over from a character. And we said... The the other two next to me said, "Don't you hate it when they do that? When they change a character?" Yeah. And, and we just let the audience really laugh at it, and I kind of just stared at the TV, and we thought that was a really good thing to do. The writer hated us for doing that really? because it was our idea. <laughs> she wasn't her idea. She thought it was naff. But do you know what? Well, it was. No. Do you know it's, it's like it's live in front of an audience. Yeah, yeah it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. But there was no. There's kind of no time. You get a week to rehearse, and then you do it live. I remember at one point everything going into slow motion, and there's some girls down the front went, "Oh, he's not as good as Ben." Oh no! Yeah, really, really loud, and I was like, sort of went in slow motion. You could see the dust floating through the lights. I turned around to Matt, and he went, "Just get on with it." Yeah, it was very funny. You you must have got then after that just because I you know I did a show a few years ago afterwards all I ever got offered or asked to go up for were exactly that character right, yeah. so you must have had a period of time where that was I did yeah yeah, yeah. and did you deliberately fight against that or were you like yeah. no as long as it's work I don't know I can't remember I think I was starting to get other roles as well I think they quite like the idea of me sort of generally being a jack the lad but it was then that sort of drama you know I started getting into much more serious stuff mm-hmm. but I did really well on like voiceovers and they were very similar sort of character you know? yeah, so yeah. it was brilliant you know do, and what do you prefer drama comedy ooh tricky one that um, I absolutely love comedy just just because it's kind of mad you know I've got a couple of we've just had Porters out actually which was quite good fun what is Porters Porters was a series on Dave right um, which we think you know we kind of piloted it yeah yeah we think it's going to happen so hopefully yeah yeah Um, so and what's the what's the setup of that kind of Porters in a hospital yeah Um, but my character is this this crazed uh, um, charity guy Mm -hmm. sort of it works for the hospital. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm told Rutger Hauer's in it. Yeah, Rutger yeah. Um Kelsey Grammer makes an appearance. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, eclectic <laughs> international cast. Um, and so that's good. And then we've got High and Dry coming out, which is the new Mark Wooden thing. Oh, yes. Uh, You're in that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so. amazing. That's the one... There we go. We can, we can tie this up to the beginning. That's yeah. the one where you're stranded... You know, on a on an island on yeah, the yeah. desert island, which is yeah, which is what how I described when moving we to the countryside. To moving to the countryside, you want to like chip away at bits yeah. of wood Whit- and whittle, create I whittle. whittle. Uh, <laughs> is that because you did that I in mean, high I, and dry? I will survive. I yeah. will survive. In the do you think? Do you think you could survive if you were just plonked in the middle of nowhere with no, um, you know, no no rations? No. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty good. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty hands on. I'm, pr- oh, yeah. I'm pretty kind of 
if you had no uh, weaponry or um, any kind of paraphernalia and you had to kill an animal with mm. your bare hands and eat it, could you do that? Yeah. <laughs> really, really hungry. Yeah, straight in, yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah, no problem, mate. Yeah. I love food. Yeah, it's real. That food would be is problem. good, isn't it? Yeah, it is good. Food, food is amazing. Yeah, what's your favourite um, uh, food? <laughs> <laughs> I think Italian. Really? Yeah, I. Do you know what? I asked yeah. this to. I asked this to someone recently. I said, look, if you could only have one cuisine, mm. one like uh, national dish or yeah. not dish, but their f- food. Thai, Italian, Indian, well, whatever. Thai and Italian, both the same. What? Both the same. Good, fresh ingredients. Well, okay. Well, you sound really like you sound like Gordon Ramsay now. Local produce. Yeah, yeah, simply put in a pan. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong. Well, this segues nicely to uh, your little appearance on, on, MasterChef. Uh, on MasterChef. Oh, this is fantastic, because <laughs> did you see it last night? No. Not one of them could make a prawn pasta. I mean... I mean, it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Oh, gosh. So you, you, really you could cook... Very good. Really? Yeah, very good. Can you cook me something? Of course I can. Do you know how to do, like, free from, like, that no dairy, no gluten, all that? Can you still create a good... Yeah, I suppose. You don't look convinced, though. If you, You're is, a that, bit, is that your thing? You, well, at the moment it is, yeah. just for a while. But you, you literally, your body language can was like, gluten, why would you do that? Do you have to do gluten-free pasta? I think at the moment I would, yeah. yeah okay. I've got to do I it do for three that. months. Yeah, do that. Yeah? Yeah. You'd it's be surprised how nice it can be. You still know. <laughs> I thought you were a better actor than this. You're saying fine, but your body's going fucking hell, mate. So, what's coming up for you now? Can we just, sorry, go yeah. back to the uh, pre- prefer comedy or drama? I think I prefer okay, drama. Yeah, yeah. I think I prefer drama. Do you? Yeah. But anyway. But listen. no, let's, let's stick with that. Why, why is that? Because can't it's, sometimes it's, turning it's, up every day on a set doing something quite heavy be. It's harder work, it's much more challenging. Yeah? Yeah, drama. What do you tap into? Like, what do you when you're like in comedy mode, or is there some? Are you a different person? Do you sort of? Is it just about timing? Like, do you modulate your sort of performance? Like, what is it that you consciously think is different about the two? I've got a well, theory. The, okay, I'll hear it in a minute. But okay. I, I honestly think the only the the challenge for good drama, I think, is doing less mm-hmm. and I constantly every job I do try and work on that that's all I do so that's my personal to the point where you don't turn up <laughs> to the point where other actors go are you just are you doing it? anything I mean, he, I mean is that For it you just sake, found Neil. out someone's died what the what? So, <laughs> yeah my theory is drama is behaviour right. and comedy is performance mm, that's good do you like that? Brilliant. I'm going to steal that. Thanks. You can have that. We'll cut it out of this so that right. you, no one knows that I said it first, if you okay. want. I could pay you every time I say it. Yeah. Let's do it. Just a pound. I don't pound? mind. Pound? Well, good. I think you're going to use it a lot. So okay. Yeah. Could be 10 pounds a week. Could That's be. quite a lot. That's not too bad, is it? For your gluten-free pasta. Yeah. Yeah. And to get an Uber into work so I don't have to tube again. Don't do that again. No. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Okay. Gluten-free, eh? Yeah. And what, dairy-free? Dairy-free, sugar-free. I'm doing a... Sugar-free's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I often do yeast-free. Yeah? Yeast-free's Any good. reason for that? Why not? Just cuts cuts out a little bit of weight. Yeah. A bit of the waste. Does it? Does yeast have an effect on weight? Yeah, it does on if you've got candida albicanus. Yeah. We're uh, we're having a very metrosexual conversation yes, right now. Yes, yeah, I like it. I'd love to cook for you. <laughs> 
Wow, I feel, I feel really um, blushing. Um, when can I come round? Well, when when are the family away next? We'll, we'll chat about it. Maybe we can stop stop the Uber halfway. halfway yeah, one <laughs> <What>, dog. <laughs> No, I just meant he could drop you off, for God's sake. Oh, right, okay. Almighty, right, what sorry. kind of radio I don't show know. is this? This is, it's, it's, yeah, it's wow. very different type okay. of radio show. Come on, um, next? Well, I was going to ask you uh, about your uh, guilty pleasure, because we, we like to get people on uh, to pick something. Uh, you seem very certain about this. Easy peasy. What is it? It's, it's uh, reality TV cop shows. Specifically, as soon as the wife goes, I mean, if I know the wife has got uh, the wife, that's pathetic. Yeah, that's sort of like old Cockney chat, isn't it? The wife. (laughs) Soon as you went northern, though. That's Cockney. The wife. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, soon as my wife uh, tells me she's having a night out, and I get the kids to bed, that's it. I just literally cannot wait to get back downstairs. Are you like Uh, scheduling when to start the cop show? Just no, I just go straight through the channels, and then I'll get I'll I'll go and catch up. Yeah, and I'll go straight to P, you know, police, whatever motorway. Yeah. So and there's one at the moment with with, with the cops have got like a, a you know a camera on them. And mm-hmm. It's just genius, you know. There's a lot of kind of melee of fighting, and there's t- t- somebody slightly overweight, heavy breathing, and it, I just love it. Just, or, or, Any you shows know, in American, particular? American kind of cop chase shows. Yeah, yeah, like those. I mean, I, I just yeah. I mean, I just a world of reality, like anything, you know. Do you uh, what? Someone, someone like the smashing a door down of someone's, you know, some, some poor drug dealer. You know, yeah. he's obviously been sitting there all night smoking. Then suddenly he's got like eight guys all dressed in black kind of screaming at him yeah yeah i, I saw i saw one recently where the guy there was cctv footage of the guy they'd arrested mm-hmm. they put him in a, a prison cell and then the cctv footage they you see him going to the toilet and taking the drugs out of his anus ah, that's not good so that he could then take it because ah. he was that much of a yeah addict yeah that he was willing to take something that could just come from his Dropped. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that's quite. Do they need to get permission? I know he's a drug addict and breaking the law, but do you still need to get permission? And then did he say yep? No. Well, in fact, across the board, some of these people you see their faces. Some are pixelated, some are not. Yeah. At what point are they asking them when they're arresting someone or chasing? Yeah. Hey, can you, you just sign it, this yeah, release form? Yeah. Yeah. How does that work? I don't know. I don't know. As but an I, avid watcher, I thought you might know the. It's, no, but I, I, I do think about it. Yeah. I do think about it, but I just, I really, really enjoy it, and it's, it's, it really is a guilty pleasure because it's not, it's not a great thing to watch, is it? But then, but then there's a very serious uh, series on at the moment called Detective Murder on the Streets, which mm-hmm. is a, pro, a real uh, show about real detectives in Manchester, and and it really was bleak, incredibly bleak, and the most amazing people. So did it feel do. more of a like an earnest thing rather than that like was, sort of voyeuristic? Very, it was very good to watch as an actor. Really? Yeah. So yeah. Especially as I was about to play Detective Chief Inspector. Um, In Silent Witness? No, yeah, Silent, Silent Witness? Witness yeah. yeah. But it was very um, good. But it's really good. I don't know. I don't know. I really kind of... Um, I suppose it's because I've played those roles all my life. Also, when you when you act and you're reading scripts and doing, you're involved in fiction all the time, it is nice to just watch stuff that is, yeah. you know, real, quote-unquote, yeah. real. Like, I just watch stuff about, you know, building houses or... There's all that. 
all, all that kind of stuff all the time. And I, I've had to... Rick Stein, I'm obsessed with I've at the moment. I've had to stop the Food Network. I've had to really? cancel it. Yeah. Because yeah, I could have done 24-7. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Why do we like watching other people cook? Uh, Rick Stein is, is one of the best as well. You know? I love him. Yeah. I love his little trips, his weekend aways. Hey, I, Rick, what I you doing? I desperately wanted to, to do a cooking show. Yeah, I maybe really we should have. pitch it. I'm up for it. Well, Matt Dawson. I, I'm and good I at washing up, Matt, so I'll do the washing up. You do yeah, the cooking, yeah. Matt Dawson and I are, are try, trying to pitch something. We're going to pitch something together. Okay. Well, don't tell me that. I've just asked you if you want to do something, Sorry, and you just yeah. rejected me and told but, me you're okay, doing it with someone else. What will we do then? <laughs> what will we do? I don't know. We if, need to. You we, need a spin. That's the problem. What if it's cooking whilst being in the back of the cops? Uber. No, the cops' cars oh, that right. are chasing down, and we're combining everything wow. then. And you and I are in the back, like, what can you, you like, doing salads? Because <laughs> you can't cook on a hob in the back of a Good police car. I'll be, I'll, I'd like to film you pitching it. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll ask the commissioners if they mind me filming it. Right. Yeah? yeah. All right. Um, Neil, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Pleasure talking to you. Um, I'm a fan of your work. Oh, thanks, I love man. watching you perform. Um, good luck with all the new shows. It sounds like you've got a bunch of stuff coming out. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, share, but share the work. Don't don't get greedy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't you tell us why you've picked the song we're going to play out on? This is the Great Escape great theme. Escape. What is what, it about that? What can you say? I mean, it was one of those seminal films that I remember sitting there watching with all my family. And then you'd watch it again and again, year on year on, probably Christmas time or any of those kind Easter, of Easter, Christmas, always. It yeah. just had the most. It's got the, it's the most incredible cast. Yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant film. It's Steve McQueen, and it's great. The music throughout was just fantastic, and I think it just it reminds me of family. It reminds me of really lovely, lovely, lovely times mm -hmm. being with my family and watching family films together. And just that real appreciation of oh, someone like Steve McQueen. I mean, it was just, I even, you know, even he, at that he, young age. He's a hero of yours, yeah. Of course yeah. he is, you know, of course he is. I mean, just everything about him was so exciting. And, he was, he um, was weirdly quite, not limited is probably it, but he did a thing, didn't he? But yet he was so iconic. It's just, I mean, they just don't make them like that anymore. Yeah, they don't, do they? You know, they really don't. I, I suppose Tom Hardy is kind of... A exciting like, like that, yeah. You know, in that sense, he's sort of quite dangerous. He's a mu he's much more varied. Yeah. Don't really see him on motorbikes, do you? Not like Steve was always always like at Le Mans yeah. or something like that. And that was the other thing. It was like, my God, he's like yeah. racing stuff all the yeah, time. Yeah. Insu well, you'd have insurance so, problems right so now, wouldn't macho. you? They did. He yeah. smashed up a car when he was filming once. He smashed up a oh, Ferrari. Man. Also, they were allowed to be stars at that yeah, age yeah, as well. Yeah, it, they didn't. It didn't all have to be in their twenties and thirties. Yeah. It was like you could be, yeah. you know, an idol in your forties and fifties, yeah. and you who, know. Who are the men now? I don't know. Who are the sort of manly men? Uh, Neil Stuke. That's very sweet. <laughs> That's very sweet. Okay, well, uh, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, this is The Great Escape. Who did this? Uh, who's the composer? It's, it's not John Williams, is it? It's not John no. Williams. Too, it's too early for John Williams, I think. Will Bernstein? Yeah. Is it? That That'll great. do. Thanks. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.